Well, welcome back, Sister Fiat Marie. It is the month of February. It's a big month for all of us. Mm -hmm. We were talking about beforehand that, you know, February, the kids are thinking about Valentine's Day. I kind of think about Mardi Gras because that's always a fun, like, just a little fun thing that happens usually in February. You were thinking about? I think about the Super Bowl. I have the date circled already, although my Broncos will not be playing in it. It's another season of defeat. Condolences. Thank you. <laughs> um, but it struck me that it's it's kind of a month of, you know, love with Valentine's Day, and then there's just these celebrations, um, and how perfect for we're jump for what we're jumping into here of the liturgy of the Eucharist, because um, the Eucharist is is a it's a celebration, you know, of the Lord's meal, of His love, of His redemption, um, and then yeah, it's just a total expression of His love. Before we get jumping into the part of like talking about the liturgy of the Eucharist, just a hopefully a, a little reflection that will help just open your heart to receive it. I was thinking about what's going to be coming up here after preparing children for first penance and we're going to definitely start moving into the Eucharist and what your children are going to be taught at school and CCD um, it's right from the catechism I don't have the the paragraph but that the, the Eucharist is the source and the summit of the Christian life so it's it's like the center of, of our life because Jesus is the center of the Christian life. And when we're baptized, when your child was baptized, they were consecrated. Um, they were consecrated means set apart. They're set apart for something specific. Um, and it's for, it's called the common priesthood. You can look it up in the catechism too. It's different than an ordained priest. Uh, you hear about it in the Old Testament that when God says to Israel, you will be a nation of priests. And to do what? to bring glory to my name, to praise me. So when your child was baptized, when you were baptized, we become part of this common priesthood to praise God. And the Mass, I mean, we can do that everywhere, all the time, but the Mass is this, the source, the, the summit of that expression of what we were baptized for, to bring praise to God um, and to receive His blessing. So I guess my... My reflection going into this podcast is just an invitation to look and see if if the way your family schedules and prioritizes matches that reality that the Eucharist is the source and summit of the Christian life. And really every year when I teach that, it does the same thing to me that I, I look at myself and I'm like, is the Eucharist the source and summit of my life? Because that's what I'm teaching right now. Um, but I'm especially thinking, like, as a family, if your child's hearing it, but your family's schedule and priorities are different than that, what are, what are they going to, what, what's the, it kind of puts them in a place of what's correct, what's truth. And even same getting ready for confirmation, knowing that there's families for confirmation that um, they learn this in the 92 questions. Um, so just an invitation to change the way that you prioritize and the way that you schedule your week. I was just thinking with Blake as we were talking beforehand that is that not what following God is about too? Um, Or about is kind of a weird way to say that. But we don't, it's not like I'm not a Christian because, oh, look, it matches everything everything I do and think, so now I feel good. But it's really, this is truth. 
and I find contradictions to the truth in myself. And so the Lord is there to transform me, to help me, uh, to love me into living, living the life that he has um, set for me. So hopefully that just is a little context to open up to, to hear some of these beautiful things about the liturgy of the Eucharist. And there's such a great blessing, too, as we think about our parish. And as we all come to that realization of heart, that when we seek after it together, so every family must consider it on their own, but then together, when we're all moving in that same direction, we'll see the effect in the space around us, Mm -hmm. in our parish, in South Lincoln, throughout the city. It is a truly transformative effect, and that's why God calls uh, Israel, as well as calls us to live into that common priesthood. Mm -hmm. It truly is not just about one individual or a family, but all of us together moving in that direction, which I think is beautiful. It's one of the things that I most appreciate about uh, my work here and just being a parishioner here at St. Peter is that we have a strong community, and we do this fairly well, but that invitation to always go deeper, to lower the nets. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I think we'll jump in here. So the first part of the liturgy of the Eucharist, um, or the first part we want to talk about, the prayer over the offering. This one, it changes every week depending on the Sunday, depending on the Saint feast day. Um, So as far as specific words, we don't have those to look at because it changes. But if you're listening to that part of the mass, if you if you have a um, if you look in the missalette or if you have a magnificat, the words are like always about changing the natural into the divine, which is like a perfect tie-in from what we were talking about before. Um, changing our our hearts, ourselves, the bread and the wine into into God, into His into His goodness. Um, so it's, I think that prayer over the offering is really an invitation uh, to prepare ourselves too, um, to, to place ourselves on the altar. So like he, the Lord is going to change the bread and wine into himself. We too want to be changed into him. So kind of a, a simple part of the mass, but if, you're, if when I can listen to that, it really does help me uh, put myself on the altar as well and just help me enter in and offer myself to the Lord so yeah and Jesus is both the victim and the priest as we hear in O Sacrament Most Holy if you know that song Um, but he's the one that is going to be offering the prayers and so from the prayers over the offering we move actually into the Eucharistic prayer just a quick note there's four main ones that we hear at Mass most on Sundays you're gonna hear one or three Um, And then during ordinary time, we have Eucharistic prayer four. And this is my personal favorite. Um, It's so uh, steeped in scripture, as well as just this beautiful outpouring and overview of the history of salvation. Um, And I also think it's the one that maybe um, we can most readily approach to see that it's the entrance into Jesus' prayer to the Father at the Last Supper. And so these prayers... All the Eucharistic prayers are offered on our behalf by Jesus, acting in the priest who's acting in persona Christi. And then if you've ever been to Mass, and people will say this, oh, the priest had our back to us during this time. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a liturgical position called ad orientum. 
And it actually helps us to recognize, hey, the priest isn't talking to us. Our normal experience at Mass is the priest facing us when he's praying this prayer. But the true person he's talking to is the Father as he acts in the person of Christ. And so that positioning, he doesn't have our back to us. Rather, he's looking to the one whom the prayer is offered to. And really, it, it kind of gives them, like, he's with us. Like, he's at the head of us, offering for us. And we're all going towards the Father together. Mm-hmm. And then also, we don't see it as much, but I've been to Masses where the Eucharistic prayer has been said silently, other than the words of institution. Because there's an aspect of this prayer of the Mass where... It doesn't matter whether we can hear the words because it's not our hearing. It's Jesus offering into it. So it's a silent prayer. It's like a very intimate, personal prayer. Um, and then, So just having that realization, like maybe we don't experience this all, but it can be done. And maybe you've experienced too. But it really helps you see that it is an entrance into Jesus' prayer to the Father at the Last Supper. So they encapsulate that inner dynamic and conversation. And then also the desires of God that we might be transformed and saved. And so that Eucharistic prayer for, and here's why I think it's my favorite, but then to highlight just this fact that it's this entrance into the prayer. When just before the consecration happens, the priest will pray, for when the hour had come for him to be glorified by you, Father most holy, having loved his own who are in the world, he loved them to the end. For me, it's just a glimpse into Jesus' love for us. Having loved his own who are in the world, he loved them to the end, willing to be sacrificed on the cross for us. I want to make a quick comment about the Eucharistic prayer. Just, I love the point you said about, because I've been to the Mass um, where like the Eucharistic prayer is happening silently. Um, and yeah, and I, I'm not, that doesn't, you know, it doesn't turn me off. I it's it's I like it, but I never thought about that aspect of it, like highlighting that, like what an intimate prayer of Jesus to the Father, and like really that's what his prayer was like in the garden, and also on the cross. This prayer that people around didn't hear. Um, anyway, I just never thought of that, so I appreciate that point. Wanted to highlight it. Yeah. So then. So after the consecration happens, this is my body, this is the chalice of my blood. Um, after both, Father gives um, gesture of adoration, right? He genuflects because what was bread is now Jesus. What was wine is now Jesus. And it's like as soon as he stands up and he like looks at what God has done, what has happened through his hands, it's like he's he's making this exclamation like I mean I'm not a priest I don't know what it's like I imagine like the priest the first time it happens you know his first mass and it's like the mystery of faith like what has happened you know if you if you would say it maybe in slang it'd be like what did God just do here do you see this it's kind of like is really um I think the intent of that that prayer of like look what God just did I mean, through me, a weak human person, God just changed. He's here. Like, he's right here with us. Um, so then our response is one of, of faith. You know, like, here's this mystery, and we're trying to put words to it, that, like, right here is his passion, death, and resurrection. Here is our Savior. 
what a mystery and what what love. Yeah, and then from there, the Eucharistic prayer just deepens because we're now at this point of awe, and then it inspires us to even greater prayers. Mm -hmm. So after that usually follows a lot of um, prayers we pray for the Universal Church, the Pope, our Bishop, um, ask for often at this point um, the intercession of the saints. And so it just moves us further deeper into the body of Christ as we are in awe of what has just taken place. It's almost like, like a boost of confidence, it seems like, where it's like, if he would do this, well, gosh, we better give him everything. You know, the Pope, the the Church, like, you know, just give him everything because he's willing to do this for us. Yeah. The best thing I could say in kind of the transition to the conclusion of the Eucharistic prayer is amen. Yeah. Like we're inspired <laughs> by this confidence that we say amen. And, Sister, you have some beautiful thoughts on the great amen. We've, we've done all these these prayers, and we're, we're at the end, and Jesus is held up before us and it's kind of like this summary statement of like through him with him in him just through Jesus we're going to the Father with Jesus we're offering the lamb and the whole world to the Father all like those who don't know God those who have chosen to turn away from him our families those we love it's just as yeah as in that common priesthood we're just offering everything through Jesus to the Father um, and so, yeah, what's the appropriate response? Amen. I believe. Here I am. Like, let this be done. Yeah. Amen. So, as we wrap up, we would just want to offer some lower than that challenges. We're going to offer two, but we think that they're both very doable. And one's actually going to tie into how we cultivate active listening. We talked about that during the Liturgy of the Word podcast. Um, but... As we listen to the Eucharistic prayer, since it's offered on our behalf, there are ways that we are called to participate throughout the Mass. And so actually throughout the entire Mass, um, maybe not known as much, but we are to bow our head at the name of Jesus, make a profound bow when we hear Jesus' name. And then we make another reverent bow of the head when we hear the Blessed Virgin Mary's name. And then if we're celebrating a particular saint of the day, we also bow our head there. Um, so... As you listen to the Eucharistic prayer during this month, I just invite you, pay attention to when you hear the name of Jesus and Mary. And if you go to daily mass, any of the saints of the day during this time, and just make a note and bow the head. It'll be one way to train yourself moving out from there for the rest of the mass, but then also to cultivate that ability to listen deeper, even in the midst of trying to wrangle kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, f I find it very helpful. It just kind of brings me back into the prayer if I've wandered. Um, kind of speaking of wandering there, this is um, with that, that last part of the Eucharistic prayer before the Our Father with the great Amen. I've found myself, but I also hear it um, with second graders a lot, and I think with fifth graders because at our school mass it's, it's similar, um, that sometimes that, that, that Amen right before the Our Father, you know, through Him, with Him, in Him, and we respond with Amen. Some, especially if it's not sung, it can get lost. Um, because there's been, like, Father has been praying a, long, a longer time, and so that's, like, ideal time to kind of, ooh, I'm gone. Um, but as a family, maybe to, to focus on that, 
you know, when Father elevates the Eucharist to, and he's saying that prayer, um, even if it's not sung, even if it's spoken, to, to say amen from our hearts, um, to just track, am I, did I catch that amen? I mean, I think that'd be a pretty simple, um, you know, whatever on the way home. How do we do with the great amen, everybody? Um, and that's something I, I definitely teach in, in the classroom of, I was joking with Blake, it might be one of the, I'm debating if that's the most important amen in, in the Mass or if when we receive the Eucharist, if that's the mm-hmm. most important amen. They both have the same purpose, but um, it's just I really emphasize that one um, in class. So if, if you're doing it already as a family, what a like fun tie-in that they're like, oh, that my parents said that. So uh, just a challenge to see if your family can focus in and make sure you're praying that, the great, the great amen. Yeah, so there's our two challenges, um, bowing the head, being attentive to that, that saying of the amen, um, and hopefully through these reflections, through just those, like, choosing one of those little ways as a family to grow closer to Jesus, yeah, just those little ways of lowering, lowering our nets like Peter did to Jesus's grace. Um, we don't have to, you know, even when we're saying that amen or when we're bowing our head, it doesn't mean we have to like all of a sudden feel a devound, profound devotion. Jesus will fill the net. So just lower it and he'll fill it. We're coming up on some exciting times, whether you've listened to this before First Penance or after First Penance, and then looking forward to next month with First Holy Communion. So pray for us. We'll be praying for you. Thank you for listening to this great content from St. Peter Catholic Church. For more content, for other talks, for more information, please visit St. Peter Catholic Church, Lincoln, Nebraska on Apple iTunes or on Podbean and our parish website, stpeterlincoln.com. God bless you.